the sample axis. Administered by Boyga Nelson. Yeah, You're listening to the Sample Axis podcast. La Bruxelles référence à sa guicharou farah. Ambiance à gogo, tout le monde sai sai, sai 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 sai. On dirait bonne année. Tous les soirs on sai sai, sai 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 sai. On dirait fêtier. Olivier en Alwanda, chez Atete Kwai Kelema, Nakasagubu. Point final. Palati qui toko, malassine lamba. Titinzo se firme avantage. Rendez-vous n'y a pas de téléphone. Motor c'est partout, partout, n'a pas rié. Go again. Why do you have to do? <laughs> you sound too. You sound too cultured for this podcast. The culture. I'm sure if the culture is podcast. Even if people see, people see you right now, what you're wearing, they'll say, "Ah, why is this man looking all?" The culture is podcast. The podcast is cultured. <coughs> so, mm. uh, I think everything is welcome. What's wrong with my throat? Oh yeah, I had a lot of um, ground knocks. smoke. No, I didn't smoke. Uh, you had a lot to smoke. I didn't smoke. And to eat. I didn't smoke. I just ate a lot of granuts. That's all. So yeah, um, episode sixty-seven is back for sample access. Uh, my name is Wega, and this is Nelson. Uh, we are happy to present to you the sample access, uh, of course. But well. then today we have deemed it fit. We have made it a duty to talk about one of Africa's greatest musicians, uh, and that is Papa Wemba, the famous Papa Wemba from Congo. And that's what we're going to be doing for this episode. A recap on some of the things that we have done that looks like this. Uh, there was one episode, episode is the one that, comes to that, mind we, that we tried to decipher the origins of Showambe music. Yeah. Uh, there was another one where we, maybe we can say 444. Which mm, was 444, there's also the episode of Obi on your heart. Yeah, that also falls in the same actual line. Like this. Yeah, actual uh, rhythms. And then we did something about um the new waves. Boys, yeah, Goku the boys. new waves from Anambra, uh, from Average Records. So yeah. I think a lot of people that have actually been following us for a while would understand the concept and the idea of this. But for those that are listening for the first time, we're the sample axis. We talk about samples of music and you know how uh, music from the old times has transcended beyond their own time into this new time and how every song or every rhythm you hear now is, is as a result of something that was birthed years ago so we just you know look for the links and do justice to you know deciphering what was you know used why it was used and the effect of the the use right now mm-hmm. i don't know why i used to use all the time but it's cool but that's exactly what we do here but then we always try our possible best to pick up some episodes and just talk about special people special people we're not saying that every other person is not special we're just saying sometimes people don't give these guys you know uh you don't talk about them or you don't you don't you don't even remember that they're there because you don't know right about now, yeah them. you don't know a lot about them i'm looking at my i'm looking at you know uh, guys laptop right now and i'm seeing that we have a couple of episodes that are not touched yet 
Celeste Nuku, we have uh, Kofo the Wonder Man. Kofo the Wonder Man for a couple of people that were born, you know, a lot of people, I can't put a frame on that, but if you were active, when I mean active, like Sense and all of that, yeah, you knew what was popping. Around like 2004, 05, AIT, African Independent um, Television, there used to be a, a Kofo the Wonder Man song that played yeah. almost all the time. Yeah. It was a big thing. Yeah. I mean, even though you don't know who sang the song then, because I didn't know it was Kofo the Wonder Man until like years later, but what I'm trying to do is just, you know, take you on a quick, you know, trip of what we have been doing before. But today's episode, we are going to be talking about Jules Shungu Wembadio Pene Kikumba. Jews, Shungu, Wembadio, Pene, Kikumba, also known as Papa Wemba. I feel you didn't do justice to the to the name. It's, it's, it's oh, alright, you take it. It's fine. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not Congolese and I'm not French, so it's supposed it may be to sound sexy. I, 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 I said Jews, 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 Shungu, Wembadio, Pene, Kikumba. You're sounding like a Yoruba man. Just oh, really? pretend like you're French for a minute. Jules. Shungu Wembadio Pene Don't Kikumba. Pause. Let me take it. Jus, All right. Jus Shungu Wembadio Pene Kikumba. Okay, you are saying I should have done that like, you know. Back to back. I mean, this, I, I was just trying to make it like, yeah, I know to that make it make sense. Five different names in AKA, one. AKA Papa Wemba. Yeah. Uh, he is a Congolese OG. Yeah, Congolese OG, amazing artist. I, I, I feel like, you know, I have the energy right now to talk. I don't yeah, know so much right. about him, but... I know, I know that he was, you know, amazing. You know where? I, okay, let me the origin story or not origin story. Come on, um, how I learned about Papa Wemba was I think you or Jude played Yo Lily. Oh yeah, I remember one. We did one um, award music day. Yeah, I remember. That's this, like this, that's like a year ago. This is actually a while ago. And, yeah, and yeah before, two years ago. Before that, um, Alpha Ojini. Mm-hmm. Has 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 a song that's actually a sensual song. Um, I can't recall oh, okay. the title. Oh yeah. Um, the song goes pretty please. Oh, how can't I remember this? Just give me a minute. Um. Ah, oh, goodness me! I can't remember the title, but somewhere in the song he goes. Uh, the way you close your eyes, oh, and the way where you close your eyes, I don't say you enter, I go make your sukusi papa wemba. That was like, that was oh, how that's I sick. <laughs> that's how I sukusi papa wemba, yeah. That's just that's yeah, sick. that's a bar. That's sick. So that was like, okay, that's where I got. I knew there was a man called Papa Wemba, but I never really connected to the music. And this was probably 2018, yeah. And when I heard that song. And then I found out Yolele Papa Wemba. And I found out how beautiful Yolele... Yolele is the typical Afrik song, if there's yeah. anything like that. Yolele. And then the beating and the all, you know, the Awilo, Awilo flow. That. And the weird thing is, the weird thing is about Yolele... I'm sorry to cut you short. I'm going to, I'm going to allow you to finish up. A short, the weird thing about Yolele is... He, he used, of course, he was, he was speaking in French most yeah. of it. And then added a couple of, you know... Um, their language which I, I i don't know i don't know the exact language because that's something we're going to get back to later the song is actually it's, a beautiful song yeah yeah put Did it you together check the meaning yeah i think he sent it to me one time and yeah, he was talking about the fact that oh man i have to find a lyric somewhere around the along the way yeah somebody somebody this somebody like 
did uh, you know the translation. the translation on YouTube? Yes, actually, yeah. I remember you sent it to me one time, and I know it was a beautiful song. Yolele is actually not even his greatest song. Don't go too far. Okay. You were trying to make a point. Let's go back to who who is Papa Wemba. All right, all right, okay. So let's not let's not digress yeah. too much. We're talking about Papa Wemba, and uh, I was going to say something about the fact that this man um, started music at the age of twenty. And for somebody that became such a phenomenon, you would probably think he had done, he had been doing music since like 12, 13, 14. And this just goes back to say that, you know, when wherever you are, whenever you are able to start, hmm. it's not bad timing. Hmm. Because if you check for a lot of legends in quotes, they always start early, age seven, six. I mean, everybody would say, I've been playing music since the day I was like two, or somebody say since my mother's womb. And the big respect to all of them. But for somebody like um, Papa Remba to say, I started making music at the age of 20, to look at it as, you know, in comparison with a couple of other people, it kind of just demystifies how much of a man Papa Wemba is. Mm. And um, let's start from the origin story right here. He said himself, uh, one of those um, setups they made for him, an interview and all of that, that was really cool, that was done by Red Bull, I can't remember exactly when, uh, I think 2015 or so. He said he was born in a very small village, I think the name of the village, uh, Lubefu. Lubefu. Now, Lubefu used to be the old, used to be in the old Belgian area. Uh, but it's a very, very small village. And uh, Kinshaka was the main place, hmm. of the course, in capital in, city of capital city in Congo. DRC. So he, you know, had like his formative years, the earliest formative years right there in Lubefo. And after a while, he, his father decided to move them to the capital city. And when he got to the capital city, he saw that it was, see, it was a very big place, very beautiful. Um, they're very welcoming people regardless of your race, culture, whatever it is. And fascinating was that, uh, one of the fascinating things was that, you know, they had people from different ethnic groups. Now, I used to think, and this is me going wild and crazy, I used to think that Nigeria used to have, like, the highest amount of ethnic groups. Hmm. And then I realized that Congo has 450 plus. Really? Yeah. Most amazing thing ever. I had heard that across Africa, we're talking thousands of, you know. Of course, like uh, together. Hundreds of thousands. But, 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 but you, in one nation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you mentioned that, I realized like, yo, this is actually a big deal. And Africa is just very diverse. Tribes and, you know, natives, there are lots of them. So I didn't realize that Congo was even bigger in that sense. And I've always wondered about countries that were colonized by uh, places like France and and um, Belgium mm. and the languages th- that they speak. You know, yeah. there, there is a general dichotomy. Yeah, uh, people always between think Anglo and Franco. Franco, Africa. yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's something. Uh, there. And that's always, you know, imagine a beautiful song like Yolili and as an English person or as a, as as a Nigerian, you can't directly translate that song. The meaning is lost on you. And, yeah, true. And a lot of us cannot really enjoy music from other parts of, you know, from, pa- really. from, from Francophone we, we can, Africa. We can enjoy it, but we cannot enjoy the full essence. I mean, you you know you know it's not the same. Yeah, it's like this song. Um, There's a recent song that is popping right now. It's only now. one or two songs that make it down here. Yeah, I'm talking about it. I'm just Now, I mean, we're talking about this. He popped from 80s from 69 all the way down to the early 2000s mm. so and going into the late 2000s as well but you're talking about music of now mm. in the year of our lord you know 2020s yeah so you music can move from here to here in seconds uh, uh there was one thing on tiktok one time um kumama 
a gospel song. Now, it sounds very, I mean, I think the, the loose meaning of the song is, I think God will never leave you or something. You see, you are thinking. You don't know. No, 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 no. I, I, I saw I'm not it, saying, I saw it I'm not saying. No, I saw it somewhere, but I still want, I'm going somewhere. I'm going, because I, I know, is this is why I remembered. So the loose meaning for English people yeah. to understand is, my father, my father will never leave you. Yeah. God will never leave you. But the thing is, for them, is way deeper than that. Mm. There's like, there's some things that they cannot actually explain. Like, and then I think one somebody was trying to roughly like you know squeeze it out and was saying yeah. through all hard and good times he would never leave me. But yeah. for them is is deeper than that. Like and the, they get it. They and, don't have to translate. Yeah, to get and the mo- it. yeah, and the moment you translate it, you kind of like lose some the, some of the some things are the lost same in translation. Thing anymore. And that's the same thing with you know people like Yoli. But I want to quickly wrap up what we have to say about Papa Wemba before yeah. we get into the music immediately. Now Papa Wemba grew up in a space where. Music and football was the main thing. Everybody there loved the music. Everybody there loved football. And at some point, obviously, he felt like, you know, as a child, you had to be a big fan of either or one of them. Hmm. So she happened to love both. Hmm. You understand? But music, of course, was his calling. And in the, you know, when he got to age 20, he realized, okay, this is something I could actually do. Hmm. But then let's talk about you know let's branch out a little bit before we come back to so you know, Papa so moving moving from that uh, childhood and you know how he was able to find his feet, I'm just going to jump a few more stories or a few more years to him founding musical groups, mm-hmm. and there is this a shallow culture of creating different groups, leaving this group. <laughs> to, uh, to create another, another, group. another group, and then before you know it, within two years, there's another group. But the music was always there. Um, the, the, he, he was said to be founding member of a group called Isifi Lokole. And wow, then, you said that correctly. And then you, how do you, how do you know it's correct? Because I heard it in a. Oh wow! Like you kick ups, bro. And, and then oh, that's all natural for you, you right you now. Ca, that's cool. Yoka Lokole. Is Isifi Lokole? Uh-huh. Lokole has a meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoka Lokole. So I think there was some. Small, small fights mm, where they would obviously have small fights and then they would leave the group and then create another one. But the thing about him that I have noticed from what I read and some documentaries I saw is that there is a leadership quality to him. People, people, boys moved around him. They they wanted to learn from him. Mm-hmm. He knew how to. In fact, one of the bands that he formed was essentially for musicians who. Are not very well known. Mm, so to come together, come Viva together. La Musica, that's the one Viva La Musica to, that the one that came later. It. Yeah. So that quality was there, and in fact, when he spoke, when you watch him speak, mm-hmm. there is a poise. I don't know if I can say it gives off Fela vibes, but Fela is a different entity. But there is this direction, our Lord, our Oga mm. vibes that you for s- him that you get when pe- when his people. His boys talk about him, you know, on his interviews. And he himself, when he talks, he talks like a little god. <laughs> and and you know, a humble god as, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But what I could depict for my case, I saw a couple of his interviews. I saw a small documentary that was done for him. Apart from that, you know, she, and I don't want to talk about that because we have a, we have like, you know, a corner. So I want, I want us to talk about him as a whole. So let's talk music first before we talk about other things. He was interested in other things. And, um, that made him, you know, the go-to guy for a lot of people. And he helped a lot of people, although mm. that kind of brought him into, you know, issues in the future. 
but she was that guy. It was that guy that was, he was you know helpful to the community. Apart from helpful, she was the beacon of light. Mm. He Within served the, as the beacon of light. So yeah. you, I, okay, he comes to a family. Oh, this guy is smart. We need to make something of, of yeah. him. Or yeah. maybe you know somebody that's smart in your family, like Papa Wemba. You know, there's this guy in my house. He's mm. very smart. He's uh, Papa Wemba. Will look for a way to help him yeah. and take him to a big stage. And they have this small culture. And Papa is his father. Is is Baba? Yeah. In their in their and, and before Papa Wemba, there was Papa Wendo. In the same area. Yeah, in same Congo. Wow. So Papa Wendo uh, is kind of an inspiration to how all of them in that area then picked up the name Papa 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 because mm. apparently uh, there were a couple of people also you know in a small groups that called themselves Papa but he's stood out yeah but like Papa Wendo was way before them in fact Papa Wendo's biggest songs were in the fifties when they were not when he wasn't even a teenager yet. In fact, I think there was one video where he was explaining the influence of Papa Wendo's music and he said, some people claim that Papa Wendo's song sometimes raised the dead. Hmm. He, he, of course, he laughed at it knowing that, yes, that's like, you know, some whatever, whatever they're saying. But you, he's like, he's like people tell you, I remember when I was younger, my pops used to tell me that my Jack Fashek song was so powerful, hmm. you could literally see Send Down the Rail in a, in a concert and Rain Would Fall. Wow. He said that I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah I heard he the story that. too. Yeah, okay, I heard, he heard it too. Yeah, my pops, my pops was my, to today big fan of you know. that song. Is a, of course a Nigerian oh, yeah, classic. Yeah, 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 it's a classic. Um, we were talking about bands that they formed, and there is another one that that was recorded in some of the write-ups, Zaiko Langa Langa, uh, and this is this was around the seventies. <coughs> And I'm just going to, you know, we have talked a bit about his personality and who he, he who he was and all of that. We cannot dissect all of that because we're talking about 1965 to 2015. It, donkey years of activity and music in, in DR Congo in France. I don't know if he, if he was at First Act 77, but I no. guess people like him. He probably that, was. He probably people was. People like him should have been, should, would, would have, have been there. Yeah. Would have been there. So, that's the much on this section about his personality. We're going to get to the fashion parts later mm-hmm. on this episode because he was also a fashion icon, apparently. Yeah, it's a let's talk about um um the, the the genres that he made and then by extension genres that define African music of the six, late sixties. I'm one of those people that actually think you know when when people say. Stuff like, uh, yeah, I understand. They say king of uh, rumba, rumba rock is what they call for him. But yeah. I, I listen to, I li- I've been listening to Papa Remba's song for a while. And I think he's more, I don't even see, yeah, there's rock. There's an element of rock in it. Mm. And I think I, I, I th- that, that makes me get, I uh, understand. Where what what kind of rock are we talking about? Like that's, I think the rumba rock, there's just this, is a small element. Mm. Like what he does, especially with his me, or what he did actually, Especially with his music, was take African music, try and look for a way to, wh- to to extrapolate, to extrapolate and make it look sound Western. Now, he rarely used Western, like bringing Western influences into his into his music, but he just wanted it to sound so good. Hmm. And then I think in the future, actually, he was flexible enough to bring in sounds. And being that he was part of people that actually took, you know, the music of Farmer Zaire. Zaire now to becoming Congo DRC from Congo to the world. Yeah. She was part of that culture. So she To clarify about genres, Romba Rock is a bit far from 
default. Yeah, rock. yeah, very far. It's very far. It's, it's like Calypso. The rumba is the essence. Calib- yeah, Calypso vibe. Yeah. I mean, the rock in it is still rock. In this case, still means something to move your body. Yeah, to. but not that. But not not metal, rock this way. No, no, that, not psychedelic rock and yeah. all of that. Yeah, not metal and all of that. Uh, rumba rock, and then it was also you know. Congolese rumba now. Congolese rumba, of course, you have the drum in it. It's like Yolele. Yolele is a perfect, like I said, perfect African song. Yeah. You hear it and you're like, this, this is African. If, if you discover there's a white man behind there, you are probably shocked or you can't even think. Because this is not, this is not possible. You can't pull this off. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that was one of the things that she was known for. And there are a couple of, of course, Sukos. You said Sukos before. Yeah. Talking about the line from um, uh, this man, uh, Afro-Genian. Ndombolo. Ndombolo genre. Ndombolo genre as well. I think this 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 uh genres are genres that are based in the center of Africa. Yeah. So these are the kind of sounds that they're bought. And, and, and we're talking Kenya, Uganda too. Yeah, they, they also they also got influences. Even though that's East, East Africa. East Africa, yeah. There's a I connection. mean the, the, the central guys are Cameroon and DRC. No, Cameroon is West Africa. Um DRC is They're not more West Africa. They don't Cameroon as West Africa. But do you know this thing? This thing gave me so they are not West thing. Africa. They don't count them West Africa anymore. Is it they don't count them or they are not West Africa? They are actually not West Africa. Is Cameroon in Ecowas? I think we have had this conversation before. Yeah. I, uh, no, no. Let's, this this is part yeah, of the podcast. Central Africa. I know what I'm saying. Cameroon is Central Africa. Yeah. So we have um, DRC, Cameroon, um, who also Congo, DRC, this Congo itself. There are Cameroon, there are all C R, Sudan. Sud- no, Sudan is up now. North Africa. Mm. Anyway, the geography is just by the side. Um, the sound of then the Central African Republic. Yes. C-R. So so, but 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 what led 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 to this <coughs> is is the defi- talking about the sound definition of sound. East Africa, Uganda, uh, um um Kenya. Where, where where was Salif Keita from, or where is he from? Maybe you don't remember. I can't remember. What that. about Adam Salim? Adam Salim, Tanzania. Tanzania. So I can say that Tanzania has a sound that may sound like what Papa Wemba did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's sure. Same and Salif, Salif Keita's song to sound Afri- a whole lot. Yeah, the like African genre. Um, but how do you explain? Salif Keita is Malian. That's Africa. But West Africa. Oh. That's West Africa. What's what's that sound? What's that genre? Africa, oh, my neighbor. Africa, 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 Africa. Eh? Yeah. I don't know. I know Sukus is, you know, Abuilo, Papa Wemba and all that. But just to be able to attach a sound to a genre. What did we call Miriam Akiba's music? Mm, pata Pata. Yeah. You know, no, no, Pata Pata is an old song. No, I mean, a song like Pata Pata, what does it count mm. as? South African music. He's there's a lot of there's a lot of you know Swahili and Osa and all of that in yeah, it. So yeah, it's South African music. Okay. So I think South African sound, South African, the way we have Nigerian. But they might have a cultural. Obvi- obviously, obviously they will have like I mean we know we know about Quito now. Yeah, and uh, is it Quito or Quito? Anyone Quito Quito and a couple of other sounds. But I think so because it's one of the reasons why so because it's big is because. It actually was that that sound, that genre that pushed them beyond. Mm. And like I was going to say, also in the early days of Papa Wemba, at least from what he said, uh, in one of his uh, interviews as well, and I think one of the documentaries too, he was talking about the fact that you know every of those ethnic groups mm. have a way of 
doing music. Hmm. So everybody influenced everybody. So you know there's an original sound that comes from this place and comes from that place. Now, she understood most of these cultures. Not in depth, but you understood enough to be able to say, I'll squeeze them all together, bring them all together and make one sound that sounds like a uniform sound for all of us. Mm. Now, we all know there's, you know, this approach is different, that approach is different, but it's a uniform sound. That's why he had that God culture, in, you know, in his way yeah. of life and God his personality. Figure. He was that guy that was saying, okay, you know what, we don't this care. This is what we're going to we're do. putting it all together and this is what we're going to do. And his voice, hmm amazing that's like his best asset yeah that like was, that was his best uh, quality it's, it's, ama- it's a, amazing yeah he doesn't sound like his voice at all doesn't look he doesn't sound doesn't sound sorry he doesn't look i mean i say this yeah but then you guys get what i'm talking about right? yeah you, you see somebody I'm like you can we mama, just mama, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and this is a big man and for somebody that like you think of like is is a god figure you don't expect him to sound that way yeah i mean you expect i mean sound like maybe uh morgan freeman or james Earl jones mm. that, that's a voice yeah but this person sounds unique sounds beautiful and just affects the culture that's a good thing let's talk about his music now albums upon albums i think we saw something around 70 or 50 50 albums yeah 50. and this was around 2003 in a documentary in 2003 there were other albums that came after that let's talk about some of his best works you know from the bands to the 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 songs that came tops that that are regarded as the biggest in his discography I know that Yolili is likely it's the up song. there. So that's to be the biggest. But um, talking to talking about Viva la Musica when they they moved to Paris, some of the uh, you know genres or some of the albums that are really considered um, major, La Voyager, nineteen ninety two. I know I know I'm, I murdered that. That's a French language. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a French French term. La Voyager, 1992, Emotion, 1995, Pole Position, 96, Somotrope, October 2003. So those are like four albums during the Paris Galore, Paris Paris Residency. Yeah, and part they, time in Paris. They really had, had a great time. Let me run down the studio albums that are, you know, recognized that are... That I have a list here, even though there are many more. Yeah. Papa Wemba, uh, 1988, even though he started making music. 1969. But then he was making music under the guise of groups uh, and all and of that. Bands. So, yeah. Band. Uh, like, like I said, La Voyager, 92. Firo Dolis. Firo Dolis, 94. Emotion, 95. Molokai, 98. Novele Ectricho Dance L. I know I murdered that. 1998. <laughs> MZ Fulangengi. 1999. Legend Day. 20, 2001. Uh, Notre Perumba. 2009. And then live albums. At, uh, yeah. Those are just. There's one he did with um, Kofi Olomide. Kofi Olomide. Wake Up 
1996. 1996, and then there's another one. I think emotion on the album should be in there. See, okay, too, yeah, I can just see emotion Big is blue ball. Emotion is probably one of his biggest. I mean, you can see that emotion got to number 14 in the world music charts, uh, 129 in France, which is quite weird because that's a contrast of you know what he got in his previous years mm. in France. He was revered in France yeah. as a great artist. Yeah. I mean, a couple but of that was still 1995. Someone I'm trying to remember right now, they used to call him Archbishop. I don't know what his real name was, but he was like, you know, in the music sphere as well. Archbishop, he wanted to be like Papa Wemba, basically. Mm. Or he wanted he wanted to have the Papa Wemba influence. And I think that you remember there was a time, I know we'll probably need to get to that later, but there was a time Papa Wemba had legal troubles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had to go to jail for about three months and a half. And it became a very big deal. When you think about it, it the way they made it look like, it was as if he went to jail for a whole year. It was just four months. For like, it wasn't, months. Up to, it wasn't even up to four months. And you felt like, what? And then you, you think about it. James Brown was in jail for how long? A year and a half? Yeah, thereabout. And you, 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 it's like, God-esque level. You think about it. Yeah. That, I mean. that, that's been off for like three months. I mean, of course, he could have gone three months without releasing one song or music. Hmm. Why was that so significant? Because he was that guy. I think... Do you think it was like... Uh, let's look for somebody in Nigeria that was on that level. Would you say Fela Nicola Kukuti? Of course, that was Fela, easily. That's Fela's figure. That's, yeah, true, true. I agree. Apart from that, other people did not have this level of leadership and followership in, in Nigeria. True, Fela true. was the guy who ran Kalakuta Republic like a country... And all of that. Uh, that's on that. I think, you know, randomly, I just, I think we should pause for music. Oh, okay, okay. So we'll play one of those songs, um, Yo Lili, Sample Axis episode 67. Welcome back. 
yeah we just played you a song by papa wemba and when you hear that sound you can tell uh, what that sounds like yeah right and you know what i get from papa wemba's sound you know we have nigerian igbo highlight oh i played one song yesterday i'm sorry i need to branch this out what about the coke but i'm going where i'm going is where i'm going is i can link that Igbo high life even even peace squares all of that because when we get to legacy parts we might not know it but a lot of a lot of our music has a direct connection to a willow and then to i don't when i say a lot i don't mean a lot a lot but you can you know there is a particular nigerian popular music in nigeria like even to date well, i get what you're talking about yeah i don't know how to say it without without giving the wrong people no. credit okay let's, now let's, let's now let look me, at this okay. the song by um, larry gaga mm. and fino that's directly traced to the Igbo. Mm. You know that's Igbo culture. Yeah, yeah. But there is also the Papa Wemba Awilo sound in today's music in Nigeria. True. So it's hard to same way you hear Angelique Joe's Yeah. Way, way, way in a couple of sounds. But the thing is, I, I, I think I know I believe, not think, I believe in this case that sometimes you are allowed to be influenced by other cultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, Ob- I, obviously, I don't that's like, obvious. I, yeah, but, but I don't like it when people, you know you are influenced or you know you have been influenced and you try to sound like the culture. No, you you properly want to jettison that part of your of your, of your your growth. I don't think we should pay mind to... Yeah, but because it's, it's part of it, like, it's part of it, like, you listen to your lady, anybody that was down listening to music then it's like it's like magic system hmm. magic system was such a big deal that people made music for the next two three years like them yeah just listening to one sound and they recreate and one that. song premier gaou and then you think about you know, that, that's the weird thing about music the people that actually ate that ate that album and when i mean ate the album i mean listen over and over again hmm. amulanga on amulanga hey, hey. yeah see if you listen to the underlying beat, you would have heard a couple of Nigerian producers working on that beat. That flow. Or, or you know, trying to add their own yeah. and bring it in. Yeah. And this is a song that is lost. You can attach two, three, four, five songs yeah. to that song. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Papa Wemba. He just said something right now. Abilo, Abilo didn't even know it was big until he got here. Yeah. You didn't know. He, he heard that, okay, Nigerians loved who I was or Nigerians loved the kind of music I was making. Uh, get uh, Gatele Coin. Yo, crazy song. He came here. Ale, ale come on. I mean, he comes here and, he, and he's like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So this guy, because normally... And, and the music doesn't be, lie. Yeah, normally it used to be, it used to be, oh, we need to sound like Nigerians. Mm. Or, oh, we need to do what Nigerians are doing. And then that, and guess what? Most of those songs came in the same time frame. Yeah. That late 90s sphere, that 90, 94... I'm sure a lot came be way before, mm. but it was, no, it was actually 1997. Yeah, it was like it was. It was like it was like you know, 
um, a drop in the ocean. Maybe maybe one song would squeeze its way into the but, culture. But, but I think it also it's a continu- you know it's a continuous culture. Yeah. At different times there might be a spike where it's major. And that's what I'm saying. Premier Gao, exactly. Like a Premier Guy was ninety nine. But Premier you Gao know that into, the album was released in two thousand. But it got into Nigeria nineteen ninety nine because of how much we loved the song. Mm, you know that going forward, I'm just saying that those were major moments. Cabo Snoop at some point. Yeah, the Ugandan uh, uh, craziness. Ghanaian Azonto at, oh, I at some we, point. I, one thing that a lot of people I'm going to say, when I'm going to say now, a lot of people come for me. I don't think Nigerians and Ghanaians are far apart at all. You see, after the war, after that civil war, in 1967 to 70, we have never been far apart from each other. Mm. Even though the civil war had nothing to do with them, maybe because we went to their country to stop the war, but still, you get what I'm saying? Mm. They're still... There's this unison thing with yeah. Nigeria and Ghana. Yeah. So we can't run away from it. So uh, sounds have always come here, mm-hmm. and you know, progressively up until I'm a piano, and there will be more. But I, I, I'm. It's something that I'm willing to hopefully understand better. Sukus, Ndombolo, and there is one more. This rumba sound, whatever sound that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's an there's an element of jazz somewhere too in there. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to personally, you know, understand how it creeped into Nigerian music and what we call it now. It's probably the what we it's probably part of what we call Atilogu. I'm not very sure. But there is a sound somewhere in the Afrobeat mix that is directly from Wemba and Awilo. We can save that for a future episode. Yeah. Uh moving to Paris, um Papa Wemba somewhere in the late eighties. Uh, early 80s late 90s late 70s early 80s and then moved with his band to paris they were traveling a lot they were performing and then he collaborated with other musicians on the global level yeah i think you know it was that big move for him <laughs> uh if you bring comparison into the picture uh, picture it's like whiskey moving from nigeria to you know uk uk and it becoming that it it becoming mm, that's not a word it's and how it becomes that move mm. for him. I think every musician at some point, maybe not anymore, because times are changing. But then, if you wanted to progress, I mean, expand. There's even a perfect example for this. Quincy Jones, in the early '60s, yeah, left the US and went to Europe. Mm. Why? Because the Euro- Euro- European guys enjoyed and knew more about making his kind of songs, mm. his kind of music. Which was? Which was, you know, blues. the jazz and the, ma- the the kind of jazz he wanted to make. Mm. So, of course, there was like normal jazz that was big and, f- you know, amazing in the US. But there was something happening in the, in the in European sphere that the, the Americans did not pay attention to. Mm. And they were, you know, of course, you know the way these guys would do it their own way. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? I mean, there was opera. Opera was a big deal in, the, in, in, in Europe, but they made their music differently. Mm. I mean, it's like the Eurovision, but then in the 60s, they had a way of making their music. And, and then he had to leave his comfort zone, which somebody would have thought, like, that's the musical hub of the world. He left there and went all, all the way to somewhere because you know this guy is messing with my music. Same thing with Asha. Asha lived in Nigeria to France because hmm. you knew, okay, these guys don't even understand my, my words, but they like my kind of music. They like my kind of flow. They like my kind of... Uh, special music. That's what he did. So I pick, I'm picking a quote from somebody who is considered Wemba biographer, 
Craig, mm. Craig Harris, and he says because there there is a fella, and you know, there's a fella updating his band. Everybody updated their band at some point. <laughs> Obviously, King Sonia Day. Come on, Egypt seventies. Sorry, what am I saying? Africa seventy. Egypt eighties. Egypt eighties. Ebenezer Obe changed his sound, maybe upgraded or you know. There was mm-hmm. an there was an update. there was a difference yeah there was a so, touch so here Craig Harris says determined to capture a European following Wemba and Viva La Musica guitarist Rigo Star I said we were going to mention a couple names from the people who worked with him Rigo Star was a guitarist they both took a six month sabbatical from the band in 1979 to join Tabule Richeru Tabule Richeru's group uh, Afrisa International. Okay. Uh, and then relocated to Paris in the early 80s. Wemba then formed, I think, after this you mm-hmm. know, sabbatical to learn with yeah. another band, mm-hmm. he formed a second version of Viva La Musica. Let me take us back to this man, late Orlando Julius. Mm, okay. Orlando Julius, later in his years, there's a UK band that yeah. approached him. Yeah. I've forgotten their name. And they really made an album he together. Worked, he worked with... And I really love that. Orlando Julius worked with. Ah, take me down to my roots. Yeah. Is it Dozier? Lamont Dozier. I don't know the name. Trying to remember the name. I'm sure you don't know the song. Is, is it the same group I'm talking about? No. It's American different. group. They were the big. In, in fact, it became one of the biggest songs in America. Odyssey's going back to my roots, the original version. Hmm. Lamont Dozier. Lamondos, yeah. So, so, so this just shows that moving from DRC, Wemba and his group went to learn, to understudy, or to you know do sabbatical with a different band, and then th- he kept making those moves to join other bands, collaborate with other bands, and then of course the music is there continues to you know it's correct, it's correct. I, I like the fact that my brain did that for me. Lamondos, yeah. <laughs> Lamondos, yeah, yeah. So he worked no. with him. And, you know, they became a thing. So, yeah, still talking about Paris. Please go on. And so, apart, apart from another group or another person that Wemba worked with was uh, Peter Gabriel. There's a way he pronounced Peter Gabriel in the is Congolese it, language. Is it Peter Gabriele? Gabriele. Gabriele. And then there was a secret world tour where Peter Gabriel took him on tour and then they, they went together. This was around... I think 1993 or pushing forward. So being able to connect to the rest of the world was a yeah. big deal. I mean, everybody wants that. So if you are the biggest in Africa, you're likely going to cross over, of course, and, you know, make music on that level. So one thing about Paris also was that he, he advised boys from Congo to, yo, don't stay in Congo. There is life out, out here <laughs> yeah. in, in Europe. Feel free to move, if you, which is something we are seeing lately. I mean, yeah, it's happening again. It's, yeah, it's re, you know, he advised young people in his country and his communities to move. If you want to move, we can we can make room for you over here or I can help facilitate you coming over here. And then I'd like you to speak to that before the Sape. Yeah, Sape culture. Sape culture is also him forming a community of young and fashionable people, right? Mm, yeah, so um, before we talk about Sapir culture, talking about the fact that he uh, spoke to a couple, I, I think he, he, what, what he did at first was try to take try to take a couple of people from DRC to Brussels or or um, Paris, basically Europe, because he felt like, I mean, there was one, I think there was one of, the, one of the few things he used to say then was, life is beautiful. Hmm. Death 
is not good, but we have a debt. To, mm. We have a debt to play. To pay. To pay. So we can't run away from death. Yeah. So if we know we are going to die, let's enjoy life. Mm. Now, in all of this, and how eccentric he is, I'm so shocked that in his story, except he really cooked it and kept it very well yeah. on Arabs, there's nothing about him being a womanizer. There is actually in the doc. Okay. There is nothing like solid, like, you get what I'm saying? Obviously, they're going to be, like, you know, yeah. I remember I saw that part that was very nasty, yes. But then, there is nothing that screamed humanizer because his wife was with him most of the time. Maybe the other parts of the story are more valuable and more obvious, like raising young people. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, well, but, I mean, you know, this is... And a, being fashionable. He's a musician. He's a musician. So you get where I'm coming from. Okay. Those kind of things are like... Expected. Apart from being expected, it's like... It has to be. He's there. It's a big problem. I think he, he might. I'm not saying he was the perfect guy, but he managed that part of his life very well because the thing didn't become a problem for him. Yeah, it was never like an issue. You get what I'm saying now? I mean, someone like Fela, of course, we know me. Women were, uh, women were, you know, part all over him, story. and part of his problem, part of his story. You can't, you can't say women. You can't say womanizing. I mean, look at his discography. You would never see anything strongly seen. You know, women are part of this guy's lifestyle and all of that. Mm. And also, to think about the fact that, you know, he brought um, people in and then there was talks about their papers not being complete, you know, him smuggling them in. And because obviously, you know, um, just like the way there's a commonwealth, there's a there's an arrangement with Francophone countries, Belgium, yeah. and because they were in the Belgium colony. So there's this, you know, understanding of, of the time of when you get to places like that, Normally, in Commonwealth, you're not supposed to actually use visas to go to places like UK, hmm. in the real sense of the word, because of the relationship we have. But that doesn't happen, though. You get what I'm saying? So I, I guess, I think it's, it was lighter with, you know, the French and the Francophone countries. So I think that they were able to squeeze in a couple of people in. And in fact, it was said that it was hundreds hmm. of people that went through him into, you know, Europe. And most of them may have papers and... That cost him into legal, brought him into legal troubles. And he got sentenced, but he got a suspended sentence. I had to pay a fee. And I don't like to, I don't, I wouldn't want us to portray so much on his uh, negative part, you get it? Because that, that really tarnished his image for a while. And he used Well, was song. it really that bad? It was just that one case. And that's what I'm saying. It was that one case, but it was a big deal. Because mm. I just remember when I was talking about it earlier on the podcast that this, this, uh, this brother went, I was about to say nigga right now. <laughs> This guy went to jail for three and a half months and they made it look like he went to jail for a whole year. I mean, mm. people were doing the king is back. Yeah. Back from where? He just I mean, went he on his papa. Yeah, I mean, come on, you know, guys. You know how Papa, you are born to do this. <laughs> that, that culture. Yeah, well, like, so yeah. Let's talk about his fashion image i didn't realize that but watching yo lily for the first time you see this guy on suit yo different colors not just suits bro not just suits. Uh, you see the sapier culture is cleanliness being clean being very good with your hygiene yeah smelling good that's the perfuming and all of that and then dressing like you're a king so uh, his idea was that a lot of people look at africans as people that are dirty not well fed they don't wear so he made it was like it was like it was like you have to make it so that you can wear a mm. fur coat that is what eight thousand years the parts that said years. you don't really have to be that rich exactly to yeah, yeah. To look i'm just yeah but then he just said okay wear your shirts 
wear your suit, look good. You know, it's still a culture to today. In fact, it was called the King of Sapir because she was the leader of the yeah. movement. So, and you can see from all his videos, apart from the fact that sometimes he's wearing expensive clothes like Gucci, just go and buy Ro- Robert Cavalli, thousand dollar jacket. Like yo, my brother, euros actually, my brother. Yeah. Come on, man. I mean, if you add, if you adjust that with inflation, that might be twelve thousand now or ten k. Yeah. So like that's a lot, bro. And then you see him in his suits. I mean, look at Yolele, all dressed up, cool, fresh. You know, wearing the hats, looking like a gentleman. I'm sure a lot of girls loved that. That's what I'm saying. With his fashion sense and how he carried himself, wow, he did a very good job by pushing away women from his, you know, major life biography or something like that. You get what I'm saying? Dope stuff. Um, so what's his legacy? What's his, you know, what do we, what will one of the key, one of the key things though? What do we remember now? One of the key things though is his legacy is beyond music Hmm. I'm going to say that again his legacy is beyond music he was that guy and it's crazy that he died doing music he was performing he was performing a festival in uh, Abidjan uh, one of the capitals I think the administrative capital of um, Ivory Coast the original capital being uh, uh, Yamasukro but then like doing what he loves and going that way. But I, going back to the fact of his legacy, apart from the fact that he influenced a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And his music, basically, I mean, he just said that King of Rumba, right? So he's that guy. But but, but music, music legacy, like I said, his music down to Co- I wanted you to talk about Kofi Olomide oh okay he, he influenced a lot of people part of the story was that some guy in Japan or somewhere in Asia listened to his music and wanted to pattern his genre or his sound mm. to Papa Wemba's there are many people like that of course in in, in in Congo across Africa like I said Nigerian a section of Nigerian music today takes from Sukus and other African music mm-hmm. um Kofi Olomide and other people I don't know how close uh, Awilo Lugumba is Awilo Lugumba is probably like later on the, like but what's the sound called um Sukos Makosa yeah Sukos Makosa Sukos, Sukos. Um, Sukos and Makosa so yeah. there is a there is a connection uh, but that's part of his legacy when we talk music and yeah I think, many, he, many I think he almost he almost perfected if not perfected the sound the 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 the, and also, um, getting to work with um, all of these musicians in Viva La Musica, bringing them to the limelight mm. was big because he didn't affect just one. I mean, you see, and I think it was, maybe it was an enigma to an extent. Yeah. Because you see people around him, they were ready to do anything. And he's a humble man. He was humble because... Look at some of the... I mean, I saw a live recording. He just allowed the guys to enjoy themselves. Hmm. At some point, he became... And I'm not even joking right now. He became a video vixen. Yeah. you. I'm sure you've seen that one of those videos. Yeah. He, and that's like another level. This is a man that he's that guy. And then you guys are coming to perform his song. And then you guys now switch to your songs. And 
he becomes a video He's visitor. Of the come on, come on. I wanted you to mention the names of those people who were part of Viva La Musica band uh, somewhere, uh, you know, when they formed that band. So, you know, these guys are part of the underground, the singers, the guitarists, the band members who formed, you know, the music who were also, you know, yeah, yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about uh, a couple of the singers Prince, Esperon, Jadole, Cambodian. Sumbeli, then Baba El Shabab, uh, <laughs> I like that name, El Shabab, uh, Pepe Bipoli, and uh, Petit Aziza, and of course, you know, uh, various guitarists like uh, Rigo Star, Siriana, and Bongo Wendy. Now, uh, a couple of these guys obviously have, you know, uh, bigger, bigger um, things doing, or they did bigger things after Papa Wemba, but the idea of you know Papa Wemba bringing them into the limelight, letting them you know have that spotlight, and one of the things I said I like that's why I'm, I'm referring to him as you know that humble guy is because uh, let me just talk about a couple of songs they had uh, these guys that he worked with, like I was talking about um, before, they loved what he did for them. And it was obvious in how much they put. And I'm saying, you know, he just enjoyed... I think he really just enjoyed working with people. He was a leader. He was a leader. Yeah, natural, and natural proper leader. leader. Because, see, I what I'm talking about right now, I don't. I think we rarely see it at the moment. You see a man bring a couple of big um, guys that he's trying to put into, you know, proper things, because make them become big as he is. Hmm. That thing it sounds small right now, but an egotistical man would never be a video victim for people like that. Hmm. That I'm saying video was vixen. it like video victim? I'm, I'm saying the excitement and the enjoyment. The performance. At some point, you're like, this man is just here to have fun, man. Like, but but you know, creative folks don't really care like that. Nowadays they do. Not, not video fixing like that, but you you've seen Wiz and Sonia Day. Mm. You've seen Lagbaja and Rema. So if it comes to the music, they could artistically yeah, but it's, it's different. It's different from when you. I, I, there's there's something I'm trying to bring up nowadays. A lot of a lot of musicians, a lot of creative people are egotistical. Mm-hmm. It has changed. Before, creative people used to be conservative, very reserved, and but now they're loud and expressive. Expressive. So and which is a good thing. But at the same time, there has to be like moderation. Mm. I love everything that every other person does. I don't think, but I'm just saying, and this was in a time where, you know, she was the star guy and he could take a back seat and say, guys, enjoy yourself. Even though this is my stage, yeah. do your thing and I'm down yeah. with you. Generally, I think it's just a matter of, you know, bringing people up, helping people move forward, you know, giving them game, yeah, giving them a way to live. Uh, a pattern to follow in terms of how they approach life and yeah, you know Congo he remains a legend in, in Congolese music and of course in African music in fact he's up there with, with, with the greats when you talk about African music of the 60s or of all time you, you are going to mention Papa Wemba because his, his impact is felt across board so that's about the package yeah about Let's talk about let's round up with you know proper let's proper yeah. round up. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's go. Impact, let's go. Impact on music today. A lot of musicians right now might not actually accept it, but if you have listened to one of those guys' songs and if you have not listened to it, you should listen to it because Papa Wemba's music is amazing. Hmm. I, I, I think Salifkata is another level, but still, Papa Wemba, the bringing together of sounds. Uh, I think it, it could just be called because of maybe because there was no like he didn't fight politically. Hmm. That's the only reason why you know, put it on the same level as 
Fela because of Fela's um essence, essence and impact on the world is like was felt and, and political hugely. power yeah and political power as well was felt hugely so yeah I think that's one of the things that is different but when you talk about the music sorry is it political power no, like the, the fight for politics yeah, or fighting the, for the, the people, activism yeah activism yeah the I was always power. loud and yeah it's, it's all great basically it's all great I, I really wish we could talk more but I think we've done over like almost yeah, an hour yeah, yeah, about, about an hour now yeah 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 so uh, this is all we can do we'll probably come back sometime no, maybe no, in the future is, this is fine this is fine there are other people to, to talk to, you about. know of course like I'm sure somebody else should bring us maybe you were talking about Kofi Olomide sometime like, actually being yeah did you mention the relationship between Kofi Olomide yeah they were actually very cool they were friends I, I he enjoyed each other they, enjoyed each other. they did an album together I don't think it was an album I don't think he was a band member okay but they, they, was but they worked together a lot in fact they had an album together mm. in 1996 oh yeah dope yeah that's about it we got and Nelson signing out we'll see you next time <laughs> on the sample <laughs> Sample Axis, administered by Boyega Nelson. Yeah, let me try that. You're listening to the Sample Axis podcast.